Hi there, my name is Pat Donnelly, and I'm the president and CEO of E79 Resources. I just joined the company last May, and uh, we are under the ticker symbol ESNR in the Canadian Securities Exchange. Uh, E79, we're a gold exploration company. Uh, specifically, we're carrying out uh, drilling and other exploration activities in the state of Victoria in Australia, and specifically, uh, we're in the Victorian gold fields, which is a very compelling region, um, which also hosts the Fosterville mine, which is owned by Agnico, which is one of the highest grade mines in the world. And we're drilling right now at our Myrtleford and Beaufort properties, and we've been hitting very high grade gold intercepts. And we continue to do that uh, for the next coming months. We have $7 million in cash and a very experienced and knowledgeable management team. Myself, I'm a geologist, former analyst, and the people on the ground is Shane Melly, who's our VP of Exploration. So again, uh, ESNR on the Canadian Securities Exchange uh, with high-grade gold assets in Australia. Great, Pat, thanks for joining us. Um, new story to us, um, which we like uh, for sure. Hey, so tell me what's been going on. Um, obviously, if you look at, the, look at the share price, it's been you know since the middle of last year, been head, heading south. Um, what what do you think that's a factor of? Is that the story just not getting out there? Is it get anything to do with Rory Quinn leaving? Yeah. I mean, what, what do we read into the situation? You know, we've been having very good drone results, and I think it's the fact that my predecessor left last October, and so even though we've been busy uh, on the ground, uh, there has been really there has been anybody telling the story and uh, nothing. And so I only just came on last May. And, Do you mean May, uh, May 2022, right? Correct. Right, okay. Correct. And um, first thing I did was hop on a plane and head to Australia. And I only just got back on the middle of June. And so now, you know, I'm at the point where I'm ready to tell the story, uh, given that I've actually walked the ground. I'm a geologist by background, exploration geologist. So I wanted to see the ground. I want to understand what we're doing. And I came away very, very impressed with the assets we have in in Victoria. Okay, well, I want to get into that. I do because you know, sure. if you look at some of the, the high grade headlines, um, it's you know it, it should be really exciting stuff. And you know, you you, you know, you're quite quick to point out as you know, Fosterville um, territory um, too. So you know, you're in, you're in the right neighborhood for sure. Um, can, can we just get a little bit into you? You talk about being a geologist, great. But what's the kind of relevant experience previously? Have you run companies before? Yes. So, you know, my background was 10 years as a geologist, exploration. Uh, I'm a former mining analyst as well. I have a finance background as well. So I, I was a, a sell side analyst in Toronto, uh, covering mostly base metals. Uh, corporately, I was VP of uh, IR for a company called Hannah Mining in Botswana. I was VP of corporate development for Trilogy Metals in Alaska. I was also co-founder and president of a company called First Mining Gold, which I co-founded with Keith Newmeyer, and I was there for four years. So I've been around the block a few times on exploration, IR, corporate development, and, and managing companies. And uh, uh, this, you know, the reason I came aboard here was I was very happy in my previous role at Trilogy. It's a great company, great asset, uh, great partners with South uh, 32 and, and, and Native partners, but. Uh, again, I, uh, my bread and butter is exploration. It's something I understand. It's something that I enjoy. And when I saw the drilling results and, and the properties and projects that E79 uh, possessed, I was like, this is a story I can sink my teeth into. I think it's got a lot of legs. 
It's a great jurisdiction. Um, you know, and, and, and as I always say, you always want to be the shadow of a head frame and specifically uh, the, the Fosterville mine being one of the highest grade gold deposits in the world. And what people don't understand is the Fosterville mine has been around for a while, but in 2016, they discovered the Swan Zone, which was, you know, uh, multi-ounce high grade coarse gold, uh, which, which put Fosterville into one of the top mines in the world and certainly got, you know, uh, New, New Market and, and Kirkland Lake off the ground. Um, I think that's attracted a lot of interest in the Victorian gold fields where we are. For, for, for sure, for sure. I guess what I'm, I'm trying to work out is, is the kind of maybe the disconnect between the kind of high-grade high component of your story, um, people's impression of it in, in, you know, since the middle of last year. Um, can you just help me? Why, why did Rory leave? Did he go into bigger and better things? Or? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I really don't know what happened there. Um, uh, you know, I don't know Rory. Uh, I, I don't know what happened with the management. Um, I guess both parties decided to go their separate ways. Um, you know, I, I think he did a good job. I mean, he he's the one that got this thing off the ground. They raised a tremendous amount of money. And, and uh, like, I've been in the saddle now for two months. And um, I, I think he's done a good job. And, and, and uh, so, you know, uh, like I said, I don't know what happened. I don't. That, my job is not to look in the rearview mirror. My job is to put this ship on the right course. Okay, and let, and, well, let, let's, and add let's value do, for our shareholders. Let's, let's 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 do that, right? But I'm just I'm just going to kind of um, sort of ne negate some of the negatives that you know people looking in might might think about. So obviously, um, you know, back at the November again pre, pre your time, um, Shane Malley joins VP of Exploration. I mean, was he replacing yes. someone? Was basically no. was an old team like rotating out and a new teams uh, now on board? I mean, no. Uh, when when this thing got off the ground, they had consultants running it. And, and uh, they, they specifically wanted someone to be a full-time person who was exclusively working for the company. So um, that was a rationale for bringing Shane in. And, and uh, I've spent two weeks with Shane in Australia, and I was very, very impressed. So uh, that was, you got to remember, this is, this, is a brand new, this is pretty much a brand new company. It's only been around for just over a year. And uh, they they got the money. They they hit uh, whole three in Happy Valley, and this thing went on a tear. And they raised a whole bunch of money. And then they're like, okay, let's get off to the races. And sometimes you you might get ahead of yourself a little bit in terms of the people on the ground. So we wanted someone that was from the area, who was dedicated full time, who had connections, who understand the geology. And, and Shane was the person that we brought in there. And, and it's been a very, very good fit. I, I think Shane's great. I'm very, very impressed with him. Cool. Okay. Um, and again, perhaps we'll, we'll come back to the team again in a second. And I'm just trying to sure. look at the things that kind of stand out for me. So, you, and you said something there, which I think possibly resonates with me. It's the sense that, you know, when, you know, 11, 11, over 11 meters, 160 grams at, at Happy Valley, it kind of got everyone yeah. a little bit excited, a bit mildly, but you also had the likes of kind of Red Cloud um, involved in pushing that. They're a very big and powerful group in North America. I think most people understand that. And, and then Eric Spot joining the 8 million um, fundraise yeah. round last June as well gets people excited. So it, it went on a sure. tear. Do you think 
forgetting the vagaries of the last four or five months in terms of the market, but do you think it was sort of coming back and settling down to a more realistic place? I'm asking you that as a, as a former banker and, you know, guy, Bay Street guy. You know, my, my experience is, you know, with, with the capital markets, what have you done for me lately? And, and, and when you get a screamer hole like that, people expect every single hole after that to be as good or better. And, and, and we've had some good holes, very, very good holes. And I expect we'll have many, many good holes and, and probably up and, and more holes like hole three. And I think simply, like I said before, um, I think now the market's just, okay, fine. That was a great hole. What have you done for me lately? And, and, and also, I think also it's just being able to articulate the story, right? And, and where is this going to lead us? Is this going to lead to a resource? How big is Happy Valley going to be? And so, like I said, we have the money in the bank. Uh, we still have quite a bit of money. And now it's a show me. And, and I think people who got in earlier are, are, were, were getting out. And there was some turnover in the shareholder base. You also got to look, you know, yeah, the share price came down, you know, in the last, you know, six months or so. But not in a tremendous amount of volume. And, and all our major shareholders are in there. There hasn't been a huge amount of volume. All our major shareholders are in there. Um, they're not going anywhere. The founders have a lot of stock. They're not going anywhere. Matter of fact, whenever the share price goes down, I come in and I start buying it because I think it's dirt cheap. And so I'm, you know, as Robert Freeland would say, I'm getting the hand in the wall at reflex uh, whenever I see the share price come under pressure. So if, if there's big blocks coming out the door, then I start to worry a bit more. But if it's just, you know, like I said, the share prices, the, the, the shares coming out, it's just been a dribble, slow dribble. And I think it's simply tell the story, right? And nobody's been able to tell the story for six months. And, you know, my philosophy is I've been doing marketing for quite a while. You got to get on the road. You got to get in front of people. You explain the story. And let me put it this way. Um, when these guys approached me about E79, I'm like, who? I never even heard of it. And, and I'm, I consider myself pretty knowledgeable. You know, I'm, I, I've been around the block, you know, Matt, you and I've met a few times. Uh, I've been around the block many, many times. Most people in, in this business know who I am. And I'm like, who the heck is E79? And then when I took a deep dive into this thing, I was like, wow, this is a great story. And they haven't had any leadership in the last, you know, six or seven months. So, um, I'm not going to worry about the share price. I'm going to worry about, you know, telling the story, getting in front of people, drilling and managing our cash. And, and I'll be on the road quite a bit this fall, uh, North American fall. Uh, I'll be at Beaver Creek. I'll be at some of the one-to-one events in London and New York. Uh, I'll be in Zurich. I'll be at the New Orleans show. Um, I'll be going, I'll be getting in front of people and, and people who know me know I'm a pretty persistent guy. And I'm gonna I'm gonna articulate the story and understand why this is a compelling uh, investment opportunity. And you know our market cap now is 13 million, and we got seven million in cash, like more than half our values in cash. And yet we're in the head frame of the Fosterville mine, pulling out some pretty compelling gold grades. So there's there's the value proposition right there. And and I'm gonna keep buying shares, and and we all own a lot of stock. So it's a great story. It just needs 
It just needs someone to tell the narrative. Now, that, that thing's interesting, and I, and I like the I like the honesty here. Yeah, it's kind of like the company's been a victim of its own success in, in the sense that it kind of went early, and people it kind of set the tone. Um, and obviously, subsequently, for for people to be disappointed in five and a half meters at thirty two grams is is, is quite <laughs> quite telling, right? You know, um, yeah, I think most companies would be delighted with that those sorts of numbers as as uh, as a you know, to be able yeah. to put out in the market. But let, let, let's let's get back to um, you. You've got to have a vision about how this thing moves forward. Yes, they've done some nice stuff, but it, it you know, they were rudderless. The company was rudderless in, in, in a way. The market's looking at that going, well, that's maybe there's something um, underlying there that we need to be aware of that we, that, we're, that we're not aware of. You've, you've come in to solve what problem? What, what, what did the, what did the interview, um, or what did the conversation look like when you say, right, we need, we need you to kind of take over this company and you're going, well, who, who the heck are they? What did they say to you? I think the overall arching goal is, is as you alluded to, is one, uh, have a firm business strategy with the company to lead it, to tell the story and, and get in front of the markets. But what, and, what story? And, That's and, the bit we need to hear. What are you going to go and say at all these conferences coming up this fall? Is it just drill? I think the one thing is we, we're in an area, like, for example, our Murderford properties cranked out 5 million ounces of gold from guys with picks and shovels in the late 1800s, and there hasn't been one drill hole put in there. And when I was in Australia walking the ground, these guys were whacking every single thing, and they only went 30 feet deep. That's all. 30 feet deep with with, with pickaxes and shovels and adits and, and, and mining all the alluvial stuff and pulled up 5 million ounces. And, and then you know, we drilled under these workings and we're pulling out, you know, 11 meters of 160 grams, and we're still pulling out lots of gold, great gold intercepts. So this area is very, very fertile. And, and that's, you know, that's what gets me excited because it goes back to, you know, when I was, you know, being a geologist and, and seeing something like this, I'm like, this, this thing has a lot of legs. Look at it this way. We have no problems finding gold. That, that, that's the easy part. There's lots of gold here. And, and the question is, how do you build that out? Where do you, what do you, where do you go next? And, and that's my, and, and that's why I was brought in here. And I'm, I'm a big believer in the drill bit and keeping the drills turning. And, and yeah, maybe the market doesn't give you credit right away, but I think you got to just keep the drill turning, keep your, manage your cash, keep an eye on that. The beauty is drilling costs in this area are not very high. We're drilling in Australian dollars. We don't have man camps. We don't have helicopters. We can, we can drill pretty cheaply, keep the drill turning, keep the results coming out there and, and keep, uh, under, you know, connecting the dots. But, but is that the, connecting the dots. But is that the market guy in you or is that the explorer in you or geologist explorer in you? Because you, you, you got two it's ways both. of kind of coming at this, right? So I, I'm it's sort of both. intrigued. It's both. Okay. Fine. Um, so in, on the expert, on the geology, geological bit of you, you said you got to work out how you're going to bring this thing together. So it's it's early days. So you've got to have a plan, drill, a drill program. You've got to have a drill program. You've got to have a model. Yeah. And, you know, so what yeah. what are you thinking on, in, on that line of thought? Well, it's kind of funny. Everybody got happy with Happy Valley. Happy Valley is only one of dozens of areas with those kind of grades and widths. And, for example, we're currently drilling. We're just wrapping up Happy Valley right now. We're also up at Twist Creek. We'll have some news on that next week on Twist Creek. And again, uh, we're seeing visible gold. We put out a press release on that. I think it was in April. We were hitting visible gold up in Twist Creek. 
And so we'll have results on that as well. And so this area, I mean, if you look at some, if you look at our marketing materials, there are hundreds of showings uh, that contain gold, hundreds. And when I was in the area, uh, you could see the workings everywhere. And these guys weren't just digging holes in the ground. They were chasing gold. They are finding gold and chasing it. And there's workings everywhere. It just blew my mind away. And I've seen this narrative before. Um, for example, you know, a company, some of your listeners or, or viewers might know of a company called Kamenak Gold. And they were up in the Yukon near Dawson City. And Sean Ryan and, and, and his people, what were they doing? They were chasing the source of the gold from the Yukon Gold Rush. And Kamenak found it, and they found 3 million ounces of gold and sold that company for half a billion dollars to Gold Corp, which is now Newmont, and Newmont's now doing more work on it. Um, that's that's what gets me excited because, again, in an old historical area, placer mining, pull millions of ounces, the people are like, and then, you know, 100 years later, people are like, hmm, where did that gold come from? Had it come from somewhere. And, and then they followed it. And that's exactly what we're doing. And like I said, you know, 5 million ounces of alluvial gold, that had to come from somewhere. We found it. And, and like I said, we have no problems finding it. Now the point is now building it out and expanding it and also investigating the other dozens of areas that are very similar to Happy Valley and building out those, that, those gold ounces as well. So the good news is we're not just stuck on one little showing and drilling the snot out of it. We got dozens and dozens and dozens of areas that have a multiple high grade, multi ounce showings and workings and, and extraction. Okay, so, so, so let's so, see those as well. Brilliant. So, let's, so great optionality on that one. So, 8 million bucks. Um, I'm sort of intrigued about because it's all pretty shallow stuff. You, you, some, the, the numbers you're reporting are some, you know, less than 300 meters um, it type stuff. So, what does 8 million bucks get you? How much of that is allocated to the drill bit? How many drill bits, you know? I'd say 70% of it will go, you know, just for my costume again. I And, and we're, you know, I'm going to have a board meeting next week. I just, you know, I'm trying to get this all sorted out. You know, 70, 80% of, of our costs are drilling. And, and we can get a lot of drilling done uh, with that cash. You know, we got at least a year, 18 months to two years of runway just drilling with that cash. So okay. we can do a lot with that. What is, so what does that convert to? I know you said it's low, lowish cost, but what does that convert to in terms of meters? Well, it's we're drilling, let's say we're drilling at $350 a meter. And here Australian. Yeah. Australian, we have 7 million Canadian cash. Um, I'm just doing the math here. You know, um, that's 22,000 meters, right? And let's say that's probably about 15,000, 16,000 meters of drilling. I mean, that's a lot of drilling. That's a lot of drilling. Average hole is maybe, you know, uh, let's say 600 meters. You know, it's, it's, is that right? 20, 25, 30 holes, probably more than that, you know, anywhere from 300, 600 meter holes. So we're going to get 40 to 60 holes out of this. That's a lot of drilling. That's a lot of drilling. So, uh, so, 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 so that's the so beauty of it because we're, like I said, mo uh, most of our costs are just the drill bit itself. And uh, actually, we expect the drilling costs to come down. Uh, we're, that's another thing I've been working on with Shane is to get those costs down. And so um, I don't want to give a number yet, but I, I do see some opportunities to get those drilling costs down as well. Okay, okay. Understood. So the, on, on, the, on the drilling side, I understand where you're at. It, I, I want to kind of talk about the market's reaction to you. Like I say, you, you look at the share chart and you just go, whoa, so some, someone, someone's up here. Then I look at the press release and I go, there's a massive disconnect, right? Um, 
you've you've got to um, I, I think over the next kind of six months, you know, start putting out you know more communication, which is obviously as you said you would, um, but also kind of communicate this plan that you've got with regards to the drilling and the allocation um, of, of that capital, you know, um, f- for sure. But what would you say to Current shareholders, or even people who've traded out, cashed out of you know of, of this project. I know it's on low volumes, but you know you want them to come back in, or you want your current shareholders to stay with you, um, and you want yeah. more people. In fact, more people to come come back in. So, what do you what do you say to those guys? Have, have faith. We've got the cash, and and I guess in a very meaningful way, don't worry about. We the, got the, the debt. cash, but but I don't think anybody realizes the assets that we're sitting on are very very compelling. And, you know, if this is a baseball game, we're in the first inning, you know, or if we're a football game, we're in the UK, we're only in the first five minutes of a 90 minute match. And, and, and we got the cash and, and, you know, Happy Valley got this thing off the ground and, and we're, you know, you know, Shane only came in last October. I only came in last May and we're just getting off the ground. And, and like I said, uh, when I went down to Australia, I got very, very excited by what I saw in terms of the potential here. And again, that's me putting my geologist hat on. And so, you know, I'm not just a marketing guy. I'm a technical guy. And that's why I, I didn't join this company just to collect a salary. I, I could do that anywhere, right? Um, I, I, I had a really good job. I had a really cush job with Trilogy, developing one of the highest grade copper assets in the world and joined this company. Why? Because I, I put on my geo, my scientist hat, my geology hat, and I'm like, wow, this is a very, very compelling area. It's very, very high grade. And then I went to the Fosterville mine and, and spoke to their geologists, and I just saw the potential of what we could have. And we don't need to have another swan zone. We have, can have a half a swan zone or a third of a swan zone. And and when I saw, when they went over the geology, I was like, it was very similar to what we have. And, and, and I, I got very, very excited again. And so that, that's why I joined is, is not, not just to collect a paycheck. It's just based on my geological experience and my exploration experience, which is what I've done. I did that for 10 years. That's my background. That's what I love to do. And that is also, you know, uh, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this term many, many times, the Lasan curve. And sometimes I, I think it gets overdone. And the, the biggest bang for your buck is not in development, it's not in resource estimates, it's not in feasibility studies, it's exploration and discovery. And this thing, it popped to about a buck fifty, it's ran all the way back down to 20 cents, and the story has not changed one iota. And we have lots of cash and lots, and like I said, this property is riddled, riddled with high-grade showings. And we're going to drill them. And we're going to drill at Happy Valley. Like, we have no shortage of places to drill. And that's what gets me excited. And like I said, we'll have some news next week on that. And, and that will show the market, hopefully, that that this is not a one-trick pony. That this is could has the potential, again, potential, to be another Fosterville. Right. Okay. Well, the story has changed in the sense that the markets have changed. The the euphoria and ebullience of the beginning of the initial um, drill hole, that, that's changed. Yeah. What hasn't changed is the rocks in the ground, right? You said it earlier, your problem is not finding 
goals. You're, 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 you've got a different set of challenges, which are how do I and where do I allocate my job bits to? You've got the cash to do that. Um, yeah. So, so you know on that side of it, I'm you know I'm intrigued for sure. Um, what about what's going on in Australia though? Obviously, you're you're obviously Canadian company with with a with an Australian asset. How's doing business there at the moment? We've seen all sorts of you know COVID restrictions in Western Australia and well and also in the East um, to a degree. And is that sort of easing up, or is the kind of cost, is the inflation component, is the access to uh, you know staffing eased up? So the number one thing I've noticed is the Aussie labs, which are always been notoriously slow, have been really gummed up because of COVID, and and then labor issues, and then the fact that you know until a few months ago there was a lot of money flowing into the sector and a lot of drilling going on. So the number one issue we found is, and again, you know, we haven't been able to put as much, put out as much news flow as we'd like to simply because the labs have been very, very, very slow. Um, that's the number one thing I've noticed. Um, the good thing is, you know, if you've got a, a big mine and you're employing hundreds of people and you get COVID, that screws everything up. Us, we have a very small, nimble team. And, and um, we haven't had any problems getting drillers. Uh, we had two drills going. We just dropped that back down to one drill. Uh, COVID has not impacted them. Um, and like I said, we have a small, nimble team. We've had people get sick, but it hasn't really impeded uh, our production rate. Um, what do I like about Australia? Well, it's Australia. And 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 is one thing I've learned. When I went down there, uh, I found that Australia is very similar to Canada. Um, very, very similar. You know, similar type of government. Obviously, both Australia and Canada were uh, uh, colonies of the United Kingdom, members of the Commonwealth, the parliamentary system, uh, English speaking. But the other thing that really got me was Australia is a big resource company country, just like Canada, and and how much resources and mineral extraction uh, impacts the economy, just like it does in Canada. And the other thing I was really impressed with. There's a lot of skilled people there, but albeit, yeah, it is a challenge um, trying trying to uh, uh, recruit and retain people. But uh, I was very, very happy that uh, we have Shane aboard. And it's interesting, when I first met Shane, and here's this Canadian uh, running this company that's effectively Australian. And I said to Shane, listen, you don't need some loudmouth Canadian telling you what to do. You know exactly what you're doing. My goal, my role is to support you. My role is to help you succeed. And so Shane's the one that, you know, I'm, I'm a geologist, but I'm not an Australian geologist. And I'm definitely not a Victorian geologist. But we got Shane for that. And we got Shane full time. He's, you know, um, he, there's a lot of incentives for him to, to move this thing forward. And my goal, my role is to support Shane and be there for him and let him do his job which is getting his nose into the core and finding more deposits. And so, yeah, it's, I, like I said, I went down there. I was very, very happy with the team. I was actually relieved. I was very, very relieved when I met the team because I think, um, you know, here's, there's, there's a number of scenes I have in geology I've learned over the years. And I, one of them is uh, I've seen bad management teams ruin good projects. And, and I don't know how many times I've seen that. We have, there's a good project and you get a net people screwing things up 
Uh, when I went down there and spent time with Shane and his team, I came back very, very pleased that we were in very, very good hands, that they're very technically astute, everything's done properly, and their knowledge base and understanding of Victorian gold deposits is excellent. So um, so that, that's the nice thing is we're a small, nimble company. We're not hiring hundreds of people where, you know, one dose of COVID comes in and it messes everything up. That's not the case. Okay. So like, um, I, t- to your earlier kind of commitment is there'll be more news, more communication, more conversation with the market, and you're hitting the streets as, as well. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens at Beaufort and Myrtleford um, over the next few months under your stewardship. Um, thanks for today. Really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. And, and, and if anybody has any questions, feel free to call me. Um, I, I do everything. I'm, I'm, I do the IR. I do everything. So um, if anybody has anything, they can talk to me. And, and I talk to Shane every day. And so I'm happy. I think that's the other thing is just being accessible to people. Answer, as you said, you know, people who've already been in the stock or current shareholders, um, you know, they can have a, they can have a direct conversation with me. And I, I, I am on the phone 24 hours a day. Sometimes I get some sleep. But um, and I think that's part of the, the problem we've had for the last few months is just who you talk to. Well, here I am. And if they want to call me and have questions, they want to call me, beat me up or they want to talk about the markets or what have you or geology. I'm, I'm happy to do that.